Hello and welcome to Res Life Freedom Conversations, where we talk all about our new life in Christ and explore the fullness we were made for. This episode is just one of the five-part foundation series. We encourage you to catch all five episodes, start this journey, and discover true transformation. Hello and welcome again to another Freedom Conversation. I'm joined once again by Nick Mayo and Deb Kurgis. I'm Ryan Peters. And if you listen to the first episode, we really introduced this concept of freedom. We defined freedom. And this episode, we're going to look at it from an opposite way. And we're going to kind of expand on that a little bit more. But we, we learned about what freedom is. But uh, one of the things that Nick really jumps into is, you know, one of the things with freedom is we need to first get free from bad definitions. So I'm just going to go to you, Pastor Deb, and, and say, you know, we, we heard what freedom is, but maybe there are some different ways that we may know freedom in the way that maybe the world likes to frame freedom. And uh, just kind of want to unpack that a little bit and talk, talk about that for a moment. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people think of freedom and they think, you know, well, everything goes. If I were really free, I could just do whatever I wanted to do. And I think that's where, you know, a lot of times people will go from relationship to relationship or they'll um, move from one level of addiction to another, just always looking for something more uh, because freedom in their mind is is something that that they go after. And, and, you know, I believe that, that God really put in the DNA of every one of his kids, which is every person he ever created. That's that's his desire, that it's in our DNA. And, and it, it's that freedom is that we so are wired for freedom that we're going to go after it with everything on the inside of us. Mm-hmm. And so if we believe that freedom is not having to live by any kind of sets of rules or regulations, then we're just going to live our life any old way we want. And if we believe that, you know, freedom is if I could just be married to that person, you know, if, if that would make my life perfect, and then I would have the, the perfect free life that God has for me, then, you know, that would be freedom. But the reality is that, you know, there's a truth, mm-hmm. and there's a truth behind every idea that man has ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to get into a, a lot more a little bit later in this segment about, you know, living our life based on what God says or living with ourselves kind of as our source of what we want to go after. Yeah, I think we, we tend to think of freedom as whatever relieves us of anything that has a hold on us. But the reality is we were created as, as creatures who submit ourselves to something. We are worshiping beings, so we will always worship something. And the beautiful thing about the definition that you brought up in the first episode is freedom is when nothing or no one has a hold on me except for Jesus. Well, this is also linked to good news. This is really, really good news because when we get the picture of who Jesus is and we're held in his hands, being held by him isn't captivity. It's actually uh, life and love and fullness, right? It says in John ten ten that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give life and life to the fullest. And when we get to the episode that we'll talk about identity, I'm going to swing back around and talk about life and love. But we need to understand that the life that Jesus is talking about is is a different kind of life than what we typically think through. I think I am alive because I am breathing. 
well, there's a quality of life that Jesus came offering us that we only find when we are held in the grips of his hand. When I've submitted myself to something else's source, I do not find life and love in the way that I find it in Christ. And that's freedom. It's a beautiful freedom. So it, it does kind of rub us the wrong way when we hear, wait, freedom is me submitting right. to Christ? Yeah. But it's actually beautiful when we realize what all comes with that. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are afraid of that word submit because once again, we have a wrong definition of what that exactly. word means. And and I, I I can already hear Pastor Deb wanting to jump in on this because <laughs> <laughs> we talk about this all the time and it's like, well, what if we could look at it from a position of surrender? Yes. What would that look like? And Deb, I'll let you jump in on that because I know this is a passion point for you. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go with uh, hearing what Nick was saying is that, you know, how many times have you, when you were growing up, you know, you've you've gone through different experiences where you've just had to submit because these are the rules. You mm-hmm. have to do this. You have to do that. And, you know, the reality is, is that, that God has made it because of his love for us. He's given us a free will. And his greatest desire is that we would always choose him. Mm-hmm. And so really, I prefer to look at it as instead of having to submit, when I surrender, I am freely giving And when I freely give, I can freely receive what he has for me. Whereas if I'm doing something because it's something I have to do, my heart is going to be hardened and it's not going to be open to be able to receive everything, really, even in the area of freedom. Mm -hmm. But when we surrender, it is an act of our will that allows God's will to come into us and, and, and work in us. Yeah, and that totally paints a brand new picture because Jesus says, I am the way. And so you're surrendering to a whole new way of living, a Mm -hmm. whole new way to engage with life. It's like, I never knew that this was a possibility, Mm -hmm. but I'm willing to surrender what I used to know, implying that there's something much greater because he's saying that there's a whole new way. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Like, it's, it's a beautiful picture. And if we can reframe our minds to that new definition of what it truly is, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, Yeah, it's... I love the the verbiage that you're using. It's a whole new way because it's it's so interesting that the early Christians, before they were ever actually called Christians, mm-hmm. were called people of the way. The way, yeah. Because they were following the way that Jesus modeled. Really, all the things that we're talking about freedom, Jesus came modeling in his life. He had submitted. He had surrendered his life to the will of the Father, right? You get that picture of him in the garden. Not my will, but your will be done. And and there's a whole way of life that he came not just offering to us, but modeling for us, uh, and that we would become people of the way as well as we move forward in life. And so with Jesus coming and really messing with people's mind, like really, really saying, I've got a whole new paradigm for you, you know, that's implying that um, something was off and he came to reset something and and make it right again, Mm -hmm. you know, according to God, you know, I know we use those terms loosely, right and wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but really when we talk about truth, like we talked about, and we look at Jesus saying he is a way, he's saying, I'm, I'm bringing back into the picture God's original intention for man. And I think it's, it's so amazing that once we understand that, it's like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. wait a minute. If he's saying that he's setting things right again, mm-hmm. that means that maybe there was a possibility that at one point it was right. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And it was right back in the garden. The way that that God created Adam and Eve, he created them. Everything they did was based on the input they had from him. He was their source of everything. Uh, The things that they knew, the things that they did, and really his purpose in their lives. Even when God uh, formed Adam and he breathed life into him, he was he was creating Adam in such a way that he would receive life from God and that it would reside on the inside of him and then it would be spread abroad to the kingdom uh, of the earth there mm-hmm. in the garden at that time and it was it was all about the life of God and so Adam was really recreating on the earth what God created in his relationship with Adam yeah. and we get that picture in Genesis 1 2 3 all the way up to the fall uh, we get that picture within two different trees that are offered within the garden. Uh, God creates the the atmosphere in which Adam and Eve would flourish, which is really his presence within the midst of the garden. And then in the garden, he, he places things that uh, would benefit them, mainly the tree of life, other vegetation to eat. But then he also gives a, a choice. He puts in the garden the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, and he says to Adam and Eve, you can eat freely from any tree in the garden. Do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The day you eat of that, you will surely die. Uh, and this goes back to the definition of life that we're, we're going to continue drawing out as we go through this series. But um, if, you, if you know the story, uh, Adam and Eve were in the garden, and then Satan comes in as a snake and starts to tempt, starts to question, did God really say? No, no. He wants you to, to not become like him. But the issue was, is Adam and Eve were created to be like him, right? This is the, we were created to be like God, and freedom is being able to grow back into that place, step back into that place. But Satan, just as he does today, starts questioning that, starts putting in deceit, starts questioning the words of God, and eventually Adam and Eve eat of the fruit, and we go, well, did they actually die? Well, yes, they did die. Their quality of life changed because their source of life changed. Mm -hmm. They went from, like Pastor Deb was saying, constantly getting their being from God, learning from him how to live life, how to be in his image and likeness, and they turned to a different voice, and then ultimately... Early church uses a, a Latin phrase called incurvatus inci. Uh, Augustine really made this a big one to where they start curving in on their selves because mm-hmm. they turn to themselves as source. You could even hear it in the Latin word incurvatus. They're yeah. curving in inci on themselves. And, and that's really, that's the picture of the fall from there on forward. When Adam and Eve beget children, Adam knows Eve, they start boring children, they start boring them in their image and likeness, curved in on themselves, turned to themselves as source. And this is really what we call in, in the classes the problem that Jesus came to solve, is restoring us back to this. This is freedom, restoring us back to this and saving us from ourselves. Yeah, can I go back just a little bit, mm-hmm. Nick? You know, uh, we, I, I know that it is not uncommon for people to think, you know, well, God just set them up. You know, they set, he set them up for failure. And I just want to make the point that God did say that if you eat of the tree, you will die. But what he didn't say is, if you eat of that tree, I'm going to kill you. Right. Because That's the huge. reason he said what he said was because he knew that that tree, that if you ate of it, death would come. Mm-hmm. But it was not that God was trying to take away something from them. He was trying to protect them from something. Mm. It was it was a law of reality. Yes. It's like saying uh, gravity, right? If you run off that cliff, you will surely fall. 
this is what happens. Yeah, it would be like a parent saying, you know, now don't go out in the street because if you go out in the street and a car's coming, you'll get hit and you will die. You know, it, that is not because they don't want them to have fun and be able to cross the street. Mm-hmm. It's because they do not want something bad to happen to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that understanding really comes in too when we talk about this in other ways and other classes and stuff. But when we truly know a proper definition of God's character and nature, mm-hmm. we understand that he has our best interest. You know, we talk about how God is love, he's life, and he's light. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we start to look at scripture and we see it through that lens, that proper lens of his character and nature, then we can understand that exactly what you said, Pastor Deb, that he didn't set them up so that he could kill them. He was presenting what was best for them. Absolutely. And even though they chose a different way, he still had their best interest. So understanding all of this and kind of getting a a greater picture of what really happened in the garden, it's really a great setup for the reason for Jesus. You know, we talked about how if he's saying that that he is a way, he was implying that that there is something new, but if there's something new, it's because there was something to begin with, and he, he came to reset that and bring that back into this world the way that God originally intended. Mm-hmm. So after hearing all of that, what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. Where does it take us now? Yeah. I think it's it's good, again, we're, we're constantly talking about redefining things, right? Freedom from bad definitions. I think it's good to pause, too, because when we, when we talk about, especially the fall, Garden of Eden, we tend to have very specific lenses that we think through. And we go, oh, so all of this is because Adam and Eve did a bad thing, and that's mm-hmm. what sin is. Sin is doing bad things, and we need to stop doing bad things. And when we, when we think through that lens... Because uh, it is a lens that many of us think through, and I myself was in that place. Uh, we start to think, well, then when we talk about the problem that Jesus came to solve, it's that he came to to help us to not do bad things and then to help us to do good things. But really, when we, we look at what was actually happening in the garden in the first place, and we look at sin, uh, the, the bad things that we typically label, whatever it might be within somebody's life, whether it's uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, workaholism, um, sexual addictions, anything like that, these are really fruits at the end of a branch of a deeper root issue. And that root issue is disconnectedness with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we turn to all these things, the fruit at the end of the branches, we turn to these things because we didn't find life and love in the first place. So when Adam and Eve disconnected from God as source, disconnected from him as source of life and love, disconnected from him as as the one who holds them in his hand, uh, that you will surely die. To be dead is to be without life. And again, they're turning from the tree of life. You get this picture. They're turning from the tree of life and turning to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that they're going to manage themselves, that they're going to be their own source, like we said a moment ago. And and as their own source, they have no ability to produce life and love Mm -hmm. because it only comes from the Father. So sin, if we go back to this definition, sin isn't about doing bad things. It's actually about being disconnected from the heart of the Father. Mm. They sinned when they unplugged from God's voice and listened to the voice of the serpent. They sinned when they unplugged from God as source and plugged into themselves as source for their life. Mm -hmm. From that comes the fruit of, you know, 
killing and, and, you know, all these different things that we can see all throughout Israel's history, into our history, into all this, uh, all the things that we label as sin, but it really comes from a, a deep root issue of being unplugged from the heart of the Father. Mm-hmm. So when we understand that that's what sin is, it's not that God was punishing them, it was that they had plugged themselves into themselves and had broken themselves and lost their ability to see moving forward. We can talk about the problem that Jesus came to solve, not based off of he's coming because he's angry at people for doing bad things and right. he's just going to go to the cross, then all their bad things get taken on the cross, although there is aspects of that. Mm-hmm. He's also coming to restore us back to that source of life, to restore us from us without God to us with God. That's why he's called Emmanuel, Mm -hmm. God with us, that we would respond to him to be us with God because that's who we were created to be in the first place. And we see that promise from God the Father all throughout Scripture, I will be their God, they will be my people. Mm -hmm. That's what we see in Revelation at the end of the book is is the ultimate place that we're coming is a new city that God will be our God and we will be his people. And these are the things that that if we start thinking through these lenses, they start painting a picture more broadly of what Jesus was coming to do. Yeah, and I love that. I love that you brought that up because it brings up another really great point that um, the minute we disconnect from source, mm-hmm. that life that, that we were originally created for and we connect into ourselves, you talked about you said one key word, Mm -hmm. you said management, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and that is really important to understand that even going back to a a definition of freedom, you know, we can think that freedom means, you know, based upon everything that I do, all of my doing, if I do things properly, you know, Mm -hmm. if I don't do this, if I do this, you know, then I'll experience the freedom. But God hasn't called us to be doings. He's called us to be beings. Yes. And when we disconnect from him, we, we become doings. And everything's in our own power and nature. But he's called us to be connected to him, to that source of life that you talked about. And therefore, all we are required is to be, mm-hmm. to be one with him. And it's from that place that we experience all of the fullness that we are hearing about and that Jesus promises. Yeah, that's why I really like that first definition that Nick shared in the last segment, that freedom is the ability to respond fully to God as the person that we were created and redeemed to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's when we really unplug from ourself and plug back into him, when we receive Jesus and when we come to the understanding of what that really means for us, we really uh, can regain those things that Adam and Eve lost. Because that's what Jesus came to do, is he came to wipe out everything that was wrong with mankind uh, in, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And, and so the connection to the source of life has been regained, and the way of seeing and knowing has been restored. Mm-hmm. You know, we can see by the Spirit. We can mm-hmm. see based on uh, God's revelation to us, the way he speaks to us, speaking truth to us. So I always like to think of Proverbs um, 3, 5, and 6 here, where we're told to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding and to in all our ways acknowledge him because he'll direct our paths. And if you think about what happened with Adam and Eve in the garden, up until the time that they made the choice to eat of the tree that God asked them not to or commanded them not to eat of, they were living based on their relationship with him. They were acknowledging him in all their ways, and he was directing their paths. 
And in the same way, now we have that ability to have that relationship restored. Mm -hmm. And when we trust in the Lord with all our heart, and then acknowledge him, then he can bring his life in us Mm -hmm. and send it out through us as well. Yeah, based off of what you both were saying is that that human being versus human doing and really the the nature of the fall, we see Adam and Eve, like you were just saying, Scripture says it in this way, that they were naked and unashamed mm-hmm. all the way mm-hmm. up until that point that they, they made the decision to turn to another source. And then immediately after that, shame creeped into their life, and instead of being and being able to rest in the life and flow and, and just source of God, then they... Based off of their own knowledge, yeah. Adam immediately turns to a fig tree or whatever tree it might have been and grabs a leaf to cover himself because he feels shame and he starts to try and work his way into covering himself, hiding himself, protecting himself because now he's source. And now he goes into this moment of striving. I am scared. I am ashamed. And I need to do whatever I can in my, in my ability yeah to guard myself, hide myself, protect myself, even in the way that when God comes back into the scene, Adam hides. God asks, where are you? And then now we start seeing where Adam's blaming Eve, Eve's blaming the serpent, and you just see where humanity is falling apart right in front of our eyes because they're insecure, plugged into themselves, working so hard to try and manage themselves. It's all these different aspects that... When we picture, again, Jesus coming back to, to, to just redeem us from this, all of a sudden we start to see that, wow, freedom, submitting to Christ, actually truly is freedom because now I don't have to strive anymore. I don't have to hide anymore. I could be, in so many terms, naked and unashamed <laughs> within reason. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I, I, I love that you brought up the shame thing. Uh, this is something that's near and dear to me. And and uh, I, I like to say that we were originally created to live according to Genesis 225. Mm. You know, now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Yes. You know, but we are born into Genesis 3, 7. Mm. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame in their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. However, we have access to Psalm 34, 4 through 5. It says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from mm-hmm. all my fears. Mm-hmm. Those who look to him are radiant, mm-hmm. and their faces shall never be ashamed. And that is a promise that we have, and we're actually really starting to scratch the surface now on our true identity. So what we're going to do is we're going to land the plane for today, and when we come back in the next episode, we're really going to unpack some of this a little bit more. We're going to get into identity and what God's really called us and created us to be. And I would just encourage everyone that's listening right now, if there's something that really stood out to you, maybe start a journal. Start writing some of these things down and revisit them with the Lord. You know, some of the things that he's revealing to you through this conversation that maybe you've never thought of before. Go back and listen to this again and really process it with the Lord. And until then, if you have any more questions, feel free to get a hold of the Next Steps Department at Res Life. You can always go visit our website for more information on this thing that we call freedom. Thank you for joining us. If this message was impactful to you, we encourage you to share it and invite others into the conversation. For more information about freedom or your next step at Res Life, head over to reslife.org slash next steps. Until next time, remember... 
where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom.